Hello, and welcome to this episode of Sunflower Sutras. I am your host, Tara. Since last we spoke, I have added two additional pieces of metal into my lip, so if you notice any sound difference, that's why. I would like to start today's episode with a delightful poem I have just found about 20 minutes ago. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. A Dog After Love by Yehuda Amichai After you left me, I let a dog smell at my chest and my belly. It will fill its nose and set out to find you. I hope it will tear the testicle of your lover and bite off his penis, or at least will bring me your stockings between his teeth. And for today's episode, we are doing, I do believe, our first third-time guest appearance. Am I wrong? Has Alex been on here three times? No, just two. So, yes, that would make you our our first third-time guest. So you win the prize. The prize is nothing. Like, you understand the concept of nothing now. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for having me back. I love imaginary goodie points. Internet karma and real karma. I'll take it. Um, but thank you so much for having me back. You two are always wonderful and do not get enough credit for the amount of people you publish in your zines and the people that you put on here and the exposure that you give them. You just frankly don't get enough credit. So thank you so much. We did not pay this man. I don't know this man. I'm joking. <laughs> they did not pay me. They do know me, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, until I get that stimulus check, I can't pay nobody for nothing. <laughs> but It is on its way. Yeah, it's on its way. Speaking of... Oh, my God. Okay, how did you, Mr. Matt Spezia, spend your 2020, your lost year... So the first, when it first closed down, honestly, I mourned very hard for my fiance, soon to be wife. She had three events booked like per month. She was going to do like 30 shows. She had a lot of bookings and it was just like, like, you know how it takes one great year to stay on everybody's mind forever. Mm-hmm. That was about to be what like she did. Oh. And I'm just very salty about that. Like, as I think we got used to it. Um, we started doing uh, like crowdcast shows. You know, we started doing these online events, and you know, I already worked from home, so like that wasn't a huge change for me. I mean, I tried to you know stay as positive as I could, still educate as much as I could. Working with Poetry for Personal Powers, the program director here in Kansas, there was a lot of work on both sides of things, both you know helping to keep our artists afloat and the mental health struggles that definitely came with you know the complete isolation yes that's so that's that's a real big part of it you know the cycle of you feel better when you get to write but then like you can't write because the world around you is crumbling you find comfort in throwing yourself into something like that but then just no more spoons kind of a thing like i mean we saw especially as artists that you know try to make a living off of it and you know do this as you know a big passion of us that Mm -hmm. spends so much of our time doing this you know in the various forms it's not just poetry it's all of us we really saw our whole world crumble in 2020 like the community that we need to be a part of that we love so much was just like the hardest hit because they immediately shut down shows you know it took a while before Mm -hmm. the restaurants got hit before the small businesses but immediately 
gatherings were just gone. Yes. And, I mean, they're still not back. And hopefully by the end of May, we were supposed to have herd immunity by vaccination by the end of May, which is awesome. But that's still another two months. And for us, that's another year of no National Poetry Month events. Yes. See, with you and Kate, you guys are showrunners. You, you know the struggle here of just having to decide art and safety like for the for the first time in our lives we're really like an actual position of responsibility for the protection of others and you're trying to balance that out with giving the respect that your art form deserves and speaking personally on our behalf for like our open mic that was a difficult decision trying to figure out because especially back then when we knew so little like as an artist and as a person like yourself in a position of leadership, you find yourself in this really tight space of trying to promote your work while also not trying to kill people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that really was what it was. And, you know, for a lot of us, the community and, you know, getting to share our art, being a part of being on stage, that mm -hmm. was our safety. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, it really... You know, it separated itself. It's like this is this can no longer be a safety. Like it, it just couldn't be. And we're I mean we're still not back as we're recording this, but I mean luckily and thankfully we a lot of us were able to adjust to doing online events, especially locally. There was a ton of online events. There still is. So you know we're not completely losing it. And if anybody takes anything out of the lockdown, I don't want to ever hear that art is not valuable. You turn to art most isolated times whether that be cooking whether that be getting into music painting doing arts and crafts with the family whatever that was you know watching just binging tv shows that you were you know behind on yeah artists I, I never think never think of art as something that's not valuable again because we are who you turn to when you needed something it's very true i can't tell you how many really talented people i've seen that have been you know thankfully during the pandemic, we had the rise of sites like OnlyFans and things like that that could help people. Well, before things got changed on that particular website, but I won't go into that. But, uh, you know, people were getting into that side hustle game of like, you better profit from your art kind of a mindset. And it's... <sighs> Thankfully, that's more well known now. So I hope that's the kind of thing that uh, more artists rely on now is, you know, get a Patreon, get some kind of website because your art deserves to, you, you deserve to be paid for creating your art. It is not some kind of public service. You are a professional in your craft. Personally, I just hope that more people realize that there can and should be networks like that in place. What did you turn to primarily in the absence of the traditional network during this, like, apocalypse? Right. So, like I mentioned, I did quite a few online shows. I helped facilitate a lot of those. Luckily, I was able to, you know, not only keep my job, but a lot of our aspects grew during this. Um, we were kind of already thinking in Poetry for Personal Power that we needed more of an online presence before the pandemic anyway. So um, we were kind of transitioning that way. Um, and then the pandemic was like, well, you better hurry up and do that. <laughs> it was like, all right, we're going to hurry up and do that. <laughs> so, you know, we really expanded our online stuff. You know, me personally, I really got into painting. Um, I really like painting uh, Warhammer figures. I'm mm -hmm. really getting into that. It's cathartic because 
you get to you get to put a lot of time and effort into it, but it doesn't really matter. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like like with my poetry, if I if I go out there and you know bomb on stage, it's like that's gonna hurt long term. But this is like oh I you know messed up this wash. Who cares? I totally understand that. I I got into what I have very derogatorily termed as like the housewife blues of just getting done with all of the arts and crafts that I have at my, like, I've done everything. I've done the embroidery. I've done the painting, the ceramics. I've done everything in lockdown. (laughs) Every small arts and crafts thing. I understand, like, it's, you could shut off your brain, but, like, after a while, it just, ah, you grow to hate it. (laughs) Like, I've, I've mentioned this. I've already, I was already working from home before the pandemic, and, like, going out to the community and, you know, being a part of this artistry scene, that was my getting out, and now it's, like, Man, I really don't leave the house now. Like, mm-hmm. these last couple months have been rougher for me because it's just, it's out of the the development stage of a lot of what we're doing. And it's back to, you know, we're used to this program. We're used to this. You know, I'm used to how these online shows have to work. I'm used to the promotion of what has to happen that way. So, like, it's not the, there's not so much to learn. So it just, it feels kind of stale. But then at the same time, in the personal side of things, we get to do a ton of stuff with our wedding. Uh, Kayla has been DIYing a ton of stuff. It's going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a really small wedding, but we're inviting all the peeps to the reception a year from now, and hopefully the plague is gone. So <laughs> Yes, gosh. Um, God, like, yeah. America doesn't give me a lot of inspiration to hope, but... Eh. <laughs> At least we have semi-competency in charge again. Like, yeah. it's not its not what it should have been on multiple fronts, but at least it's not outright fascism. It's, it's less overt neoliberal fascism. Exactly. It's a different circus, same show. Asking for the doubling of the kids in cages on our south border, but you know, whatever. Yes, yes. Just to let our listeners know how we feel. Like, um, you know, Biden's horrible. <laughs> He's not Trump, but come on. I didn't vote for either one of them. I voted for Howie Hawkins. I was one of 700 people in Kansas that did so. Oh, fuck. For real. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally wearing a Howie Hawkins 2020 shirt as we're recording this. <laughs> See, I I did, in fact, vote for Biden and Harris, but I and they, if I was in a swing state, I would have swallowed it and went ahead and voted for Biden. Fair, but like I don't support ninety percent of the platform, and I live in a super locked non-swing state. My yes. vote mathematically did more than every Dem vote since LBJ. <laughs> I felt so. It's a take all state. So since LBJ, that was the last time Kansas went blue. All of those Dem president votes count for zero. And my third party vote contributed a very small percentage towards the 5% goal to get a legitimate third party in this nation. So mathematically, my one green vote this year, more than every Dem vote since LBJ in Kansas. I do recall that this last election saw a lot of states uh, with marginal increases for their third party candidates. I hope that's a growing trend. I'm a huge supporter of right choice voting. Being a third party voter, I've never voted major party for president. I have down ticket before, you know, the comment section or whatever wants to scream at me. I have voted down ticket blue because there's not better choices. But for president, I've always voted third party. I've never voted major party. Especially in a state like Kansas, the uh, primary importance is that you're voting local stuff, first and foremost. 
Yes, please vote down ticket. We could have had a really amazing uh, DA, but we lost by literally 11 votes in uh, a local vote. Literally 11. Okay, I was trying to say this earlier. I had such a depressed stupor after the election. I just felt so like, yay, Trump is probably going to be gone because it took so long to get the, all of the results. But I was just like, but look at all the people who won. Ugh. <laughs> it won't be made actively worse. Maybe. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to quote you on that, and uh, four years from now, we'll see how you feel. <laughs> uh, don't hold me to that. I didn't vote for him. <laughs> I, don't pull that card on me. <laughs> I'm going to pull that card every time, because I think it's hilarious when I bash one side or the other, because I'm very involved politically. Which, by the way, that was a funny thing that happened a lot during the uh, lockdown. You know, I couldn't give my pieces out there, because I'm very much so, you know, a live performer. Yeah. So I was, you know, trying to keep people educated through, you know, this is what's happening in politics, because, you know, I do that in my pieces. And I literally got so many messages from random good souls that were like, I wish you would stop being so political. I'm like, who exactly have you been listening to? <laughs> okay, hold on. Who's the hell is listening to, like, any spoken word and then going to be like, why are you so political? Right, it's like, it's like, Okay, okay. This reminds me of an anecdote that I have. A while back, this is before this is before the plague, so let's not have any people being concerned that we did something stupid. Rain and I went to a ministry show at the Granada and they start playing this song that's this I can't remember the title because it's one of their newer songs. But it's something about like Antifa like Antifa's in the title and it's a pro Antifa song and this guy who's wearing a Trump hat is in the fucking like mosh pit area he's in the wall of death and he's just like uh uh no and he starts just flipping off the band he tried flipping off the band the whole rest of the set and his arm kept getting tired so he switched out arms and then when the moshing started for Stigmata when they started doing the breakdown for Stigmata he got a visceral in the wall of death and someone ripped his hat off his head and almost tore it in two pieces and that was the funniest uh, thing I've ever seen in my life it was oh, so absurd beautiful. it was like a surrealist film <laughs> oh that was so beautiful on election day I literally was wearing a shirt that said fuck Trump oh you're uh, so brave pardon, pardon my language like <laughs> censor me if I need to yeah, shout you're out good. to the sound guy yeah it's like I was literally wearing a shirt that said F Trump on it and I'm just like yeah, I'm wearing this. Y'all can judge me if you want to. I don't care. Because, like... Is that I'm allowable Italian, in I've... the voting office? I know that they have things you're not supposed to wear, like, things that... Oh, I voted by mail. I voted by mail. Okay. Okay. Okay, thank God. <laughs> uh, no, this is Kansas. Half this town doesn't wear masks. I'm like, mm-mm. Okay. No, no, I, voted no. I voted early, too, but I didn't do mail because they had this... I couldn't get early voting for the mail thing because I'm a registered independent. It was a weird scenario thing. Yes, I was only registered. Like, I have switched my registry on presidential elections the last two years. The last two uh, cycles, excuse me. Because I wanted to primary for Bernie. But... I went to the caucus for Bernie. I had to switch to Democrat for that. That was a bitch and a half. Yeah, it's a fun time. <laughs> That's the only reason I was, you know registered dim because i'm like i will primary for bernie and if you spit in my face again i'm going to laugh at you when nothing changes and 
people like us, you know? It's like, we recognize what's actually happening. And, you know, we can make a difference in our community. And that can have that ripple effect. You know, we might not be able to change what's happening, you know, with the oligarchic powers that be, but we can change our communities. We can at least influence them at the very least. And we can make it better. So speaking of communities and your your in-presence performance stuff, you, you were talking about, like, your online shows. You're, are you doing open mic type programming or like what have you what have you two been sticking to so kayla has been doing a couple of readings um she gets on like speakeasy poets open mic but with p3 um um, like i said i'm the program director so i kind of see everything we're doing in kansas we've done workshops online we've done story circles online we've done open mics online full concerts we did a 12 hour artathon in i want to say it was like late november early december what did Um, that entail that entailed giving a call out to artists having 12 hours of content ready to go and staying on and adminning all day um oh my i mean we just did we just did kansas advocacy day with the kansas mental health coalition that was a 9 to 4 30 event with over 100 people in a zoom room oh my goodness so I mean, we've we've really been trying to rock it out on the online events, and Damn. I think we've all started at least getting proficient at some level with it. So it's really nice to, and I hope a lot of this doesn't go away because you know I want the in-person events back. Don't get me wrong, I I would love the in-person events back so much, but I think a lot of this could stay because you know there's people that are like, man, I can't make it. You know, I can't drive the hour and a half, but I could tune into the live stream of it. Yes. Oh my goodness. If that can get normalized. Alexander Lancaster here in town at Two Wolves, whenever he does the open mic stuff at the Two Wolves studio, he always live streams those performances. If more people can have an incorporating method for their shows where there is that, that's not only is that smart and more inclusive and fun but it's also just good business because then you can it's free promotion you're promoting with the material like come on i highly recommend using crowdcast for that um because not only do you get a participant list you can set it up to encourage donation oh ooh! is it hooked up like do you just like link your your preferred method of like getting online transactions or like um, yeah you can use whatever you know wallet you want or you can hook a card directly to your account if you want to do that. Oh. It takes PayPal. But it allows you to... Uh, Crowdcast is really cool because instead of it being a Zoom room where like everybody's in it at the same time, there's a on-stage and crowd feature. Oh. So like the on-stage performance is the only thing you hear, but the crowd can still like type chat. Oh, so it's like making a stream. Yeah, it's really good. Like I That's highly cool. recommend it. Carice Mapes over at 785 and I put on damn near weekly house concerts using that for... God, like six months. I am by no means a very tech literate person. I grew up too poor to know a lot of these things, so they're just, it's just not second nature. I'm afraid of of the robot <laughs> overlords. I don't fear them at all, actually. I can't wait. Um, right, turn me into one. Where is this android? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the transhumanist. It's only a curse if you can't turn it off. <laughs> I'm ready for the transhumanist thing. I'm ready to be part robot, because my joints ache so much. Like just... That's why I have been saying for years with my bad knee I'll yeah. just hold out because eventually I'm going to be able to get superpowers from that surgery <laughs> yes exactly oh man I think it's so funny you've got your arthritis from football and I've got my arthritis from just shit luck genes <laughs> 
That's so cool. You guys have been keeping much more productive with like actually staying in contact with people. Like I definitely have been trying to be productive with writing and different art stuff, doing more collage, working on the zine stuff, obviously, but like the online presence is bleh. We do our social media, but that's about it. I mean, and even then, social media was taxing for months. Oh. Just the lack of information. And a really hard struggle for me was, you know, Kayla and I took this super seriously. We have taken this super seriously. Like, we have seen nobody but the essential people. We've both transitioned to doing a lot of stuff online. She's been sending out extra love cards, and, like, she's been doing the whole uh, poetry through the post thing. She's made, gosh, she's probably made 70 individual postcards for various people. What really hurt was constantly seeing and still seeing, you know, groups of people, these large gatherings and just maskless. Yes. I, I don't understand, like, I, I see people in restaurants, like, congregating, and I'm just like, why? Why? Just get your food to go and go eat somewhere else, especially now things are nicer. Go to a park. Like, oh my god, boomers are always complaining to us about not going outside or not doing classic things. Well, how about you go on a picnic? I mean, directly here in Topeka scene, we lost Phoenix to this. And Yes. I mean, they were going to be somebody who was such an inspiration to everybody in the next generation. Like, they were, they were going to be amazing. Yes. And that's something that's just never going to heal. There's not going to be a person like them again who consistently is so loving and is so willing to be the example of yes you can and that was going to be so needed in the next generation like they were going to be that for that generation and and still we, you know we, we have those losses and everybody at this point knows somebody who, who's been lost to it it's one in 700 we've lost one in every 700 people and still we're coming to the point where we know we're going to be vaccinated, but I don't understand the morality and how you lay, like, how you go to bed at night being like, yep, I actively endangered everyone I was around today. It's, it's a lot of people who have just, they were very susceptible to propaganda and they have made themselves into this, this weird mindset, I guess, of just, things have become so polarized that, like, meme culture is basically identity now of people just like like the QAnon people like we have that tier of people in this country so I'm not surprised so detached from reality (laughs) I'm not surprised that these kind of people exist I it's very unfortunate and by no means did this many people have to die at all but uh you know our country's economy is so important (laughs) I've been saying it for years. We got billions for bombs and pennies for the poor. And it showed, you know, we're ready to bomb Syria within a couple weeks of, you know, a new administration taking over, but it takes months to help people with less than what you promised them and abandoning them on multiple fronts. But again, that comes down to, you know, there's people like that. And then there's people like us who are willing to get out there every day and fight for it. Yeah. And it's, it's like, we're, we're going to continue to tell you this. And if the truth makes you uncomfortable, well, good, because you need to be uncomfortable then, because your comfort is literally killing us and the planet. Yes. Oh, my God. It's like, we're running out of time for this, and we're running out of time for these ancient ideals, you know, looking at mental health like a disease. It's like, it's not. It's not. It's a situation, like, it's, it can be transformative. It, it, it's just so much of that. 
you know, we're still looking at, we should tear down people who were slave owners statues. Like, is this, like, is this honestly a discussion? Or the potatoes gender who stores body parts in its ass <laughs> is now an issue because it's a potato, but you need it to say mister. I would also like to point out to those people who are upset about this, oh, so you do understand presenting as male, you should refer to them as male even if they're not. So you do understand that concept. Just I... saying. I stay away from this so hard. I, This is the blessing I was talking about earlier with being tech illiterate. I, like, obviously I'm on Facebook, but I'm not on, I don't, I just don't fucking engage at all. I spend most of my time, internet use is literally just YouTube and Pandora and Tumblr. And even on Tumblr, it's just, it's just gay stuff. I don't delve. I don't delve. I just, I go, I get my thing done. I'm done. <laughs> I've always just viewed it and like, yeah, I dive a little, you know, possibly too deep into it. <laughs> but also at the same point, you have to be informed of what your enemy is. You exactly. Have to be of, exactly. You know, it, how they think. It does not help one to get stuck in an echo chamber. I I agree. That's why I just, I try to keep most of my like socialization interaction on some level, some basic level of a personal level, because I just, I don't like the filter of communication through technology, because there's just certain things that, um, you know, are lost in translation. I think that's probably why I've had issue with adapting to it on our front with Sunflower Sutras. I'm glad that uh, the, you guys are doing just fine with... Uh, all of the online stuff. What in-person stuff have you been up to, though? Have you been focusing more on, like, crafting what you already have? Or have you been doing a lot more new material, like writing more? Oh, I've been writing constantly. Um, it took it a while, honestly. Um, after leaving the label and taking the much more just soul-fulfilling job at P3, and, you know, getting promoted up into program director, it took me a while for my pen to come back to me, frankly. Um, I just, I hated working for that label. I hated it. I hated it. It was just so soul-killing. Do you feel like working at the, sorry to interrupt, but do you feel like uh, working at that label hindered your writing? Did you get any writing done at all, or was it all just focused on the performing aspect? I mean, I wrote, but it just, like, it was so directed, and, I mean, commercialized is not really the right word, because I've always been able to commodify my stuff, but, like, it was it just, it wasn't authentic what i do or message that i am it was just it was soul killing you had to be a different person like they wanted you to be this marketable image and not why they signed you in the first place hmm. and it was just like this isn't what art is it was so you know you got to focus on you only do stuff for you and i'm like that's not that's not what art is if you're not lifting the community up what the hell is the point it was so killing. I hated it so much, and I'm so glad I'm not doing that. And now I get to do, you know, poetry for personal power and, you know, help the entire community, sponsor various scenes, get money into the artist's pockets because, goddamn it, they deserve to get paid, make a difference in mental health, input to the legislation. We just had multiple wins. Uh, the big one that just came out of legislation, by the way, is 988. Instead of having a huge uh, suicide prevention line or having to call 911 in a crisis, you now have 988. You're about to have 988. 
which is going to not only not respond with police officers to mental health crisis, it's going to send trained professionals, but if you need somebody to talk to, instead of having to memorize the national hotline, you have a three-digit number, and Kansas is going to be funding that. It, it took some convincing, but it is going to be coming to Kansas very soon. It's those kind of fights. It's, you know, it's those kind of differences that you get to make, and we have to. So with your writing, are you writing more along the lines of, because you've always been a very uh, politically in-tuned writer. So are you writing now more with your perspective of your new position and your new voice with P3? Or are you doing more branch out type material? It's a little bit of both, honestly. It's both, okay, we need to break this down. We need to make it super digestible so we can educate as to what the status quo is. And then it's a lot of, okay, now how do we make that difference? You know, let's empower people. Let's give them confidence. Let's, you know, let them know that there's these tools out here. Let's, let's let them know that there's these resources, that they're not alone, that yes, you goddamn can. It's a lot of, you know, empowerment after we've defined the status quo. It's like, we got to know what problem we're attacking first, and then we can start attacking. I was thinking about some of your previous work. Because obviously, like I said earlier, you've always been a, a spoken word artist who has always been that, like, not to be derogatory, but this, like, fight the power on the soapbox kind of spoken word performer. And I was just wondering about, like, do you feel that your narrative in your pieces is at a different life stage? Like, it's more matured now that you have somewhat of an authority to actually help. Like, you know... Yes, like, I completely feel that effort for years, but it's just been, you know, individual efforts. And now when I say team effort, it's, I can direct you to these resources. I can get you involved in this. I can make this sustainable for you. Like, it's a lot, like, it actually means something. It's not just, I will help you where I can. It's now, no, there's legitimate resources I can put behind you. Like, let's fucking do this. And how does that feel? This is exactly where I want to be you know I'm in the intersection of business because you got to you know write the grants do the reporting do the data entry that kind of stuff I'm in the middle of arts like supporting it both making my own making much more of other people happen and then you know I'm, I'm helping with mental health which I've cared about since you know I was 14 and had my own struggles and then losing my friend at 16 to suicide like I've, I've wanted to make that difference and it's just the perfect intersection and i'm so grateful for it like incredibly grateful for it it's beautiful it's it's such a rare gem that someone can actually have this wonderful synchronicity of all these things they needed spiritually and you know materially to like become a more full person you actually have that it's nothing to shake a stick at for sure (laughs) i'm just so grateful for it and and that's why I have to turn around and, you know, as much as I can, like, hey, you know, I got sponsorships over here. I got training so you can get paid at this. You know, I got this, this, and this. You know, check out the site, poetryforpersonalpower.org. We got all kinds of trainings and events coming up. We can help sponsor you. I mean, it, made, it means so much to be able to do that and, you know, make more people happen. Like, so many artists do so much stuff and so many advocates volunteer their time and don't get paid. And it's like, if you want that to continue to happen, you gotta pay them. Like, you gotta give them the resources to continue to have that happen. You like television? You gotta pay actors. You gotta pay writers. You gotta pay directors and producers. Like, every single thing you like about a show, about an album, 
every single aspect, there was a human behind it, an artist behind it. And if you like that thing, then artists need to be paid, damn it. That's part of what we do here at Poetry for Personal Power. We make sure you guys get paid. Like, you know, we do sponsorships that can be up to $1,200 a year, you know, and even more in some cases, you know, depending on the advocacy work that you do. But, you know, that makes a difference. That that helps get something published. That's a trip of groceries every month for the year. Like, it, it makes a difference. And that's that's what we have to continue to do. And we need more of it every day in the community. You know, if you can support your community, if you can help build something, we have to. Because, I mean, if 2020 taught you anything, the government doesn't really care. So we have to do it ourselves. We have to collectively, not individually, collectively build something. This rugged individualism, it just doesn't work anymore. It's not its not the reality of the world. You have to build stuff collectively and for the community. Because it empowers everybody. Not only yourself and those around you, but the people coming after you. I don't think that can be said in any more a potent and beautiful manner, really. Like, that's pretty much just on the head there. You should become a campaign manager, I swear. <laughs> so many people have told me I need to get in politics. And I always hit them back with the, I, I'm involved in various coalitions. You know, I'm fighting that fight for mental health. And, you know, there's some great governmental organizations out there for mental health. SAMHSA, NAMI gets a lot of government sponsorship. KDADS here in Kansas does a lot. If you're interested in peer support, KDADS has free online training modules at your own time and pace. And yes, they are accessible. If you don't have the ability to, you know, stay there and focus and read or see it all, there is visuals. Excuse me, there's uh, audio and obviously if you can't hear it, it's written down. So it's accessible to everyone. It's completely free. It's on your own time. And it's going to be expanding. Peer support demand is going to be growing in the next couple of years because of the Olmstead Act, which allows peer support to be, you know, treated the same way as other Medicare's billable services. And you're so well informed. Jesus, <laughs> you really should be a campaign manager. But no, you are quite thankfully an artist. On that note, is there any piece in particular that you would like to do as a segue from the interview? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Again, thank you so much to both of you for having me on. And it was really cool finding out I'm the first three-time person on your show. Um, <laughs> I'll make you a little like, trophy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from, from the moment, literally, I came to Topeka, one of my first open mics, I met, I met you, Tara, and you've been nothing but supportive, and I'm so appreciative. And, uh, you know, from the moment I met Ryan, he's always been right there making, you know, the background stuff happen, and that doesn't get enough credit. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, met him at Washburn, and he, you know, we had never had a, I think we maybe had one or two conversations before, maybe, and writes up this amazing article, and, you know, people see that, I mean, you two have been nothing but supportive, and like I said at the beginning, you guys do not get enough credit. <laughs> okay, campaign manager slash PR, you, you would make buku bucks. <laughs> well, thank you, um, but yeah, I can do this piece, um. I've never written a sequel follow-up piece before, and I felt like one of my earlier, more well-known pieces needed a rewrite. Well, not really a rewrite, but an update. Okay. So, long-time peeps will know what this is referencing to, and if you have not heard the original piece, just enjoy this one. This is a 
declaration to my inspired generation full of facts, reason, and the spirit of actual liberty. Those that place action and purpose and take steps towards change the rage amplified by a name, we've gained the motivation to create the actual greatest generation. See, here in this nation, you have been the evil for all of minus 20 years. And this shouldn't be news to your ears, but I'm betting it is. So let's start settling in for the unsettling. Let's call it a disruption of empire. This entire country is filled with places named Fort. Those borders, a product of conquest, and united they stand with the audacity to actively inspire for more. Why do you think we still have territories and bases in basically every nation? That imperial creed they had us pledge allegiance to every morning indoctrinated and now hatched from an incubated fire that burns bright with hatred you see it now so we have to be done with being harmless yet still peaceful grip warily that peaceful means choosing not to do great harm while being capable of it without that you are only harmless done with being the feckless wretch wretches following the bottom line here we establish a new one in line because this time we are united with cause for planet person and pragmatics now down to the practices riches are just enticement vices no world vices the outcome is very clear drained wealth into pools and then plugged the imaginary trickle and wonder why the consumer buying is dipping they're sipping every cent from checks to gain inflections of investments while leaving us with nothing rusting buildings, industry antiquated, and a planet literally burning. Our words cease to define the devastation. We had to bring in Greek for hurricanes. Now all of this destruction and pain, and I still guarantee they are only worried about the GDP, not you and me. That's all they see. Profit, money, Scrooge McDuck surfing while you're stretching with a fallacy perpetuating the style. We cannot remain idle. We aren't in the same boat, but we are in the same storm. And even in saying this, I know that some will twist this into ammunition for their lesion. Well, we are legion, equipped with that burning spirit that will cauterize their leaking. Now, all we're seeking is equal. And if it comes to flashpoint this time, there can be no sequel. And if you think I am a radical, I am not. I am the embodiment of facts and historical context. And this is a declaration to my inspired generation full of facts, reason, and the spirit of actual liberty. We offered the greatest good you have ever seen. And we received spit in our faces and offered as agents of chaos, let this slide off. We gave the greater good, they forced the lesser evil. And still we came and bailed their tragicness out. We came and saved your candidate. So stop your millennial hate, we saved you. Even when you didn't want us, we came to the rescue, so I'm gonna need you to shut up. And some of you are okay with literal war crimes over screaming equality and the largest social rising in human history, but justifying a terrorist attack on the Capitol. Enough with your fallacy. We are the entirety of the reason you even still have a country. No more contrary messaging. Justice and equality now will be left behind in the pages of the history books your descendants will read and hide faces in classes because of your classless act. And we aren't just speaking it. We're ending it. See, back in your day, is officially over. It's ours now. You had your leadership chance and you failed. You allowed fascism to put down roots and we ripped it out. We are going to fix it. And it starts with the realization that the soul standing next to you matters. And that the collective is more than the individual. The principle is simple. Together, we are powerful. Divided, we fall and allow the evil you so overtly witnessed. You didn't win anything. 
My inspired generation merely bought us another chance. And we won't let you waste it. And that's that piece. Thank you so much. I I like the updates. It honestly kind of hurts that, um, you know, current events can flow so well into past atrocities and how you can kind of use the same piece over and over again. But you did it in a very pretty manner. <laughs> Thank you. And I made a post about that, gosh, probably a year ago now. You know, the greatest fear of a poet like me is my pieces still being relevant years later. Mm. <laughs> Uh, the pain. <laughs> well, thank you so yeah, much for coming on the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening. If you all do not follow Sunflower Sutras, you are missing out. Click all the buttons, support all the things, get all the publications. Because if you don't, not only are you not supporting these great people, but you're not supporting the great community that they empower. Like I said campaign manager PR specialist you could do this <laughs> well, thank you so much and you have a great evening and we will see each other in person soon soon enough hopefully <laughs> bye. thank you all for listening we'd like to thank our patrons Katie, Heather Aranda and poet Jen Harris Slangafol and farewell <laughs>